This might be another uh, one of those episodes where there's a lot of clunk, 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 in the background because we are drinking a an ice cold, rushing Terry. <laughs> but uh, pay pay no attention to our rumbling, jumbling ice. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. Hey, everybody, Shoot. welcome again. It's What's another... up? Uh, I'm sorry if I just deafened you with my loud hey, but um, I was just got really excited. So before we start, as always, we've got some FU or follow up, as we like to call it. Not what you were thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we we mentioned last time about some mate myths and legends, um, and we got two um, really interesting submissions. Um, one from friend of the show Chris Roberts, who is a Spanish teacher somewhere. Then where escapes me. Um, and he sent us a nice long story and it's so long and I don't want to, I don't want to just take like an hour and read it. It's not going to take an hour, but I, I don't want to just sit here and read it, but, um, I will post it on the show notes at mateguys.com, um, for you to read. It. It's really good. I, I do encourage you to read it. It's just, I wouldn't want to be put on the spot to read that whole thing on the air right now, but it's very good. Um, thank you so much, Chris, for sending that to us. Um, and then we've also got a wonderful video sent to us from friend of the show, Jovi Henriksen. Oh yeah. Henriksen. I think that's his last yeah. name. That, that sounds like his last name. That's probably his last name. Um, it's a video, so can't really show you it on this podcast. Um, but we will post it on, we'll post a link to it in the show notes, monteguys.com. Um, and both are really good. Um, both are very interesting uh, myths about um, mate, kind of the origin. Yeah, and, all that. and both. I'm pretty sure both are Guarani in origin. Yeah, Guarani myths. Um, and we also heard a a funny um, story from our good friend of the show, Fabricio, um, who told us an urban legend. Maybe not an urban legend, but an urban story. Um, and it was basically that he knows a friend that sells um, mate kind of on the side. And he was meeting up with someone to s- deliver them this package of mate. And the, I guess the person didn't show up or something or he was running late and the guy had to, you know, had to go. So he put the package of match in a trash can and then texted the guy, yo, <laughs> the match is in the trash can. Um, and I guess that was pretty funny because, you know... <laughs> When the guy showed up, he had to dig through this trash can, and everyone started looking at him like, "What are you doing? <laughs> well, what are you pulling out of the trash? This doesn't look suspect at all." So that was that's not like a myth or anything, but it was just kind of a funny story that happened to you with our our beloved herb. So we just thought we'd pass that along to you. Thanks, Fabricio. Um, yes. And we have another um, question that came in via the email from um, her name is. Um, I'm really, despite growing up in Chicago, I'm not very good at pronouncing Polish names. What, how, how would you say that name? It's Trish Pankowicz. Pankowicz. Yeah. Pankowicz. Uh, yeah. Okay. So Trish Pankowicz wrote in and this Trish was asking us, first of all, um, if we had ever drank mate with hot milk, I know that it's a thing that people do, especially, um, women in South America tend to do this. I have never done it because 
I just I just get scared. I, I don't know. I'm sure it's probably not as bad as I think. It's probably actually really tasty. But just for some reason, the idea just makes me kind of weird. Um, I, if I ever did do it, I would not do it in a in a calabash or borongu gourd um, or a wooden gourd at that. Um, I would do it in a glass or a ceramic gourd. Um, yeah. Just I, I wouldn't want milk getting absorbed into my into my calabash and it rotting and just having a rotten milk taste <laughs> Gross. with every sip. I don't know. What do you think, I, Clark? I, I've actually had it before and it's surprisingly good. Um, that time I did have it, it was in a glass cuya with Baron premium, I believe. And we threw like a little bit of cinnamon in there and like really hot milk, like mate water temperature. And it was surprisingly good. I don't know what I would compare it to, but like the, I don't know, the, the barão is smooth enough to where you don't really, it doesn't really interfere with the, the taste of the, the hot milk and the cinnamon. So it's, it's nice, mm. like almost, I was going to say horchata, but it's not, it's not like that, but like hot, milky, cinnamony, slightly herby drink. Yeah, it's, it's not bad. It's worth a try once. Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll try it once. Um, I've done the deal where you get um, shredded coconut, and then you prepare a quote-unquote mate out of shredded coconut, and then you make a leite quente. Fais <laughs> mal prudente. <laughs> yeah, so you make hot milk with cinnamon, sugar, like all that, 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 like Clark said, and then you add it to this mug full of um, shaped coconut, and that's really good. But that really... It's more like a mate imposter because you don't use any actual herb. It's just it just looks like it because you use a, you use a, a straw, a bombisha, no, a bomba. No. That's about the only mate related. Yeah, thing. I mean, and I guess you could make it you in a make... glasquia if you really wanted to, but yeah, I have a friend that actually um, when I first met her, she, I found out she had spent some time in Argentina, and and I was like, oh, do you drink mate? She's like, oh yes, I love mate, and then. Um, I was like, oh, so what kind would you drink? She's like, oh, uh, we call it a mate celestial. Like, oh, what's that? Oh, it's a uh, coconut with with uh, hot milk and whatever yeah, else. I've, I'm I've, like, I've heard it called mate uh, celestial. Yeah, that's not mate. I've heard I've heard like some Chileans call it mate celestial. It does sound delicious though. Yeah, I, I do it, want to try. It, no, it's very good. I've done it before. I I when I had it, it didn't really have a name. They just called it. Um, Shimahon con coco, which is just, I mean, which is kind of misleading because uh, it's shimahon with coconut, shimahon con coco, but it's not really shimahon with coconut. It's shimahon with coconut instead of herb. <laughs> <laughs> so it'd be shimahon con coco in vez de erva, but I guess that took too long to say, so people just call it shimahon con coco. I don't know if, if people in Brazil call it much celestial, but uh, I've, I've, I've never heard it called much celestial. In, in Brazil, but I have heard it in the Spanish-speaking mate celestial. So, yes, that sort of answers the question. Um, between the two of us, we have had the various forms of mate with hot milk. Um, I will have to try the the mate with yerb and hot milk dingus. It's It still kind of weirds me out, but I guess I'll, I'll try it. Um, and then her second question had to do with, um, she said that when she drinks um, perere, she sometimes has a her um, bombisha 
will get clogged. Um, and she asked if she was, if she was like pouring too much water or too little water. Um, and my guess is it doesn't have to do with the water, but rather has to do with either the type of vombisha that you are using, Trish, or perhaps the method of preparation. Um, if you're using a sp kind of a spring end or a coiled style um, straw, maybe look into buying what they call a spoon style straw. Um, it's got kind of a round flat filter that's all kind of one piece of metal instead of the kind that has a coil at the end. Um, or tr make sure when you're preparing it, you put the herb in your drinking vessel and you, um, you know, put your hand over the top and kind of turn it upside down and shake it so that kind of the bigger pieces go to the, at well, what will eventually be the bottom and the smaller pieces come to the top. That way the, the, the stick and the larger leaves kind of act like a natural filter. That should help a lot. Um, really, I, I think it comes down mostly to um, your, your straw, though. If you get a really good um, bombisha, like especially a Brazilian style bomba with the really big round um, filter on the end, it's almost foolproof. So maybe you can give one of those a try. If you can't find one um, at a local shop, I, I know of a couple of websites that you can buy them from. If you just Google real quick, I'm sure you'll find them. Um, so yeah, so hopefully that answers your question about your clogged um, bombisha. Um, and I hope you keep enjoying the show. Because um, she's a new listener, allegedly, and she said she just found the show on iTunes. So that made me feel kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, that, was, that made me happy. Yeah. So thank you, Trish. Um, <clears throat> it might be a while before you hear this episode, because I guess you said you're on episode two. Um, and I think this is episode 10, which is like kind of a milestone, yep. right? Yeah. Our 10th episode. We made it. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Man, um, we should have brought a cake and balloons and stuff. Oh, yeah. That's oh. that's that's what we should have done. <laughs> okay. Um and our, in our last bit of follow-up, um, I believe this is our last bit of follow-up. Um friend of the show, Daniel Green, has a little bit of an explanation on the origin of the name Canarias. Um, because we as we discovered last week, um Canarias is the Canary Islands, which are not named after the bird. Um but he says that the kind of the the people who started the company were originally from the Canary Islands, so that is why it's called Canarias. Makes sense. Um, yeah. He he said their website actually used to say that, <laughs> but uh, they redid their website and it's much more of a corporate website now and not as interesting. So go figure. But yeah. thank you, Daniel. Thanks for listening. Indeed. <laughs> and now I think on to the main event. Yes. The reason for our. <laughs> that you might, you'll be hearing all throughout the episode. Today, we are drinking and we'll be talking about um, one of Paraguay's most um, well-known and well-loved herbs, um, pajarito. 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 So, if you didn't already guess by me saying so, pajarito comes from Paraguay. So, we are drinking it cold. In the traditional terere style, which explains the glug 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 glug. That's that's my, that's me imitating the sound of the jug, <laughs> full of ice. <laughs> um, so let's just talk about it. Um, like we said, it's from Paraguay. Um, yeah. pajarito in Spanish means little bird. 
triple checked. <laughs> 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 it, it, I don't think it has any secret hidden meaning, meaning it's got a picture of a bird on the package. So I think we're safe there. Pretty straightforward. <laughs> Unless there's the Pajarito Islands that I'm going to find out about or something. I don't know. Probably. I, I've pretty much learned that the, the second I, I declare anything as a fact, the life just, the universe just makes sure that I'm wrong. <laughs> but yeah, so let's talk about the leaf cut. Yeah. Um, Clark, I, I don't know if you really got a chance to look at the leaf cut. Um, what, 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 what can you tell us about the leaf cut? Um, kind of a medium ish cut. Um, good amount of stick. Um, good amount of polvo. Sometimes it, like I don't I haven't examined this one a whole lot, so it's hard to examine it when it's already wet. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Kind of put you on the spot there. No, that's all right. Um, yeah, no, actually, um, I feel like Pajarito. It's actually got one I think a larger leaf cut than a lot of um, Paraguayan, um, and it has kind of less stick. I feel like than a lot of Paraguayan. Um, if yeah, you, yeah. If you look not, like, yeah, there's not too. I mean, there's just a little bit, but not a whole lot. So, um, yeah, just like little, almost like little chunks of stick. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's got a lot larger leaves than say, like La Rubia. La Rubia has, yeah. a, oh, I yeah. feel like La Rubia has a really, really small leaf cut and yeah. is very powdery. I would agree. Um, whereas Pajarito kind of airs on the more, almost like an Argentine cut. Yeah. I mean, this one like comes through really, really clean. Not really any polvo coming through. It's doesn't clog. Yeah, I mean, so I, I say it's kind of like an Argentine cut, but it still does have that kind of classic Paraguayan, yeah. like, like unevenness and like a good amount of, of powder. Um, and I think I think even more than the leaf cut, the taste really does shout to the world, I am Paraguayan! <laughs> because if you've ever had, you know, Paraguayan unflavored uh, mate, it almost has kind of these like funky sour notes and these really like, like dark woody tones. Um, and that really comes through, I think, with Pajarito. Oh, big time. It's not as intense and, like, dark as, say, like, Selecta, but I, it's it's definitely more kind of robust and punchy than, like, La Rubia. La Rubia is very light and very floral. Yeah. Um, it, it it does have a lot of that sourness. Not, a not like, an overly, um, like, it, it, it doesn't taste like you're drinking, like, a lemon-flavored herb. It's not, like, that sour and acidic. It's just got almost, like, this little, little, like, whiff of lemon on the top. Like a splash of lime. Yes. It's got these <laughs> wonderful notes of, <laughs> of, uh, <laughs> acidity. Um, I think, is it from The Office when he says, ah, yes, this has a very nice oaky afterbirth. <laughs> I think that, that's, that's a line from The Office if... I, I'm gonna of course I say that and then at the second I, I hit stop and I'm be like oh shoot what am I talking about that's a line from Seinfeld but I am pretty sure that is from that is from the office um yeah no um I think it's really good um it's definitely more robust than some of the kind of lighter mates in from Paraguay but I think it's it's kind of hits that like sweet spot in between some of the more pungent ones um especially with the with the blends Paraguayans like to blend a lot of really pungent herbs like boldo boldo um yeah i really like pajarito yeah it's really good it has a nice balance between the that citrusy acidity and the the dark smoky woody tones um mm -hmm. 
and yeah. and you do mention the uh, kind of the smokiness um so pajarito is dried using the traditional barbacoa method um which we kind of sort of talked about on a previous episode um but the barbacoa method is basically you have a giant cave essentially a big room that they build um where they put them the leaves and then they kind of build a fire off to the side and they kind of funnel the heat and or smoke some places use more smoke some places use more of just the heat um to slowly dry the herb um kind of more modern drying practices only take a few hours but the barbacoa method takes almost i think two days to dry yeah like up to two days so it's a really slow drying process um and i know pajarito kind of goes out of their way to kind of use a lot like to use as kind of little of the the smoke they don't they don't like try especially hard to like cut out all of the smoke like maybe um, other mate companies would do um, when they use a barbacoa method. But um, yeah, they, I, I, I've heard that uh, they, they kind of, during the smokiest parts of the fire, they'll kind of shut it so that none of the smoke goes into the, 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 the curing room. But then when the, when the fire kind of matures and burns down to the embers, they open it up so all that heat can go in to right. slowly dry it, which is interesting because that is kind of a, it's more of an artisanal drying method. But pajarito is kind of, you know, it's, it's a large industrial company yeah it's kind of surprising that a a a big company like that would do such a traditional hand i guess handcrafted method yeah yeah i mean since pajarito is like an industrial brand you know um in a perfect world you would only harvest mate usually i think during the winter yeah because that's when um the leaves are holding on to the least amount of water um because I guess my guess is in the summer they have to hold on to a lot of water so you know the leaves don't dry out, um, so they they don't retain a lot of water. But in the winter they don't retain that water, so it's kind of when they when you dry the leaves, um, it kind of it's it just affects the, the flavor in a really nice way and other things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's kind of optimal for for yeah, the leaves and the and the whole flavor of the. Right, right. So, I mean, they don't do that. They they do harvest year round. Um, I think they're organic variety. Um, they do a a once a year harvest or a one period of the year harvest rather. Um, but for their normal stuff, and we're just drinking pajarito traditional, um, not the organic one. So this is just you know just any time of the year they're picking it. Um, they do a kind of a rotational harvest. Um, but even then, so they're using a really kind of cool sort of low tech drying method. It's really slow. Um, and this is aged. Um, this yes. is aged two years, I believe. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and it's, it's not like other companies that do the flash aging; like they actually, right? Yeah, store it in. Uh, I'm not quite. Oh, what was it? The, yeah, so it, it? it's sort of like um, it's almost like a like a barbacoa room, but it's it's just basically a big, almost like a warehouse, a big climate controlled warehouse, um, with a huge pile of leaves in the middle. Um, that that that's kind of interesting. Pajarito actually will do a loose leaf. Um, aging process a lot of other companies will either do it in um, big sacks or other companies will actually do it in barrels um, like like uh, like like bourbon or whiskey um, but um, yeah interesting enough that uh, they do it actually mm. loose leaf um, oh, that is interesting I, I, I am wondering like how that affects the flavor because i know other brands they will really take on kind of the oaky flavor of the oak barrels that they're aged in and make it taste very kind of woody and and like that but i'm wondering like how 
that kind of the open air aging will affect the pajarito herb. Maybe maybe they're doing it just so the pajarito maintains its natural like. I mean, I don't know from like the the flavors it gets from you know where it was planted and how you know how it was dried right. and things like that just maintain the natural flavors yeah. I, I don't know so they're not like injecting like other flavors <laughs> like the wood barrels or anything like that right i i am curious though how it gets the really um like woody flavor like the dark woody flavor to it i i don't know yeah i mean obviously a little bit of smoke is getting into it from the the barbacoa process so that's possible it's possible that's what it is but it might be that um maybe that aging process because i know um i it looked like when like the barbacoa has kind of a wooden floor so i don't know maybe maybe or like maybe the kind of the the room where they stored and has like a wooden floor and that kind of gets into it i don't know it just it, it, it does just seem really interesting to me like how you keep like the bugs and stuff out of it if it's just sitting out yeah you'd think they'll just break down i, I don't, maybe it's just really sealed off from it must be the rest of the i world. mean you'd think like <laughs> you'd think like after two years of just sitting there out in the open it'd be full of like bugs but uh i guess they figure it out because i'm not drinking a mouthful of bugs or maybe <laughs> maybe they sift out the bugs <laughs> <laughs> or maybe this is a cockroach shell that we're drinking mm-hmm. instead of mm-hmm. very very robust <laughs> mm. <laughs> Yeah, so Gross. so that that would be interesting. Um, I would like to know that. Um, and a lot of our information, of course, comes from our friend Jovi um, of Yerba Mate, South America. Um, and he has actually toured um, the Pajarito um, kind of facilities. And that's how we know kind of such in-depth information about their process. So um, I'm sure um, he might know the questions or the answers to those questions of like, you know, where it kind of gets that big woody flavor and why they do an open air, um, aging process. Um, and I'll post a link to his, uh, he has a blog post that kind of talks a little bit about his, his experience, um, at the Pajarito, um, facilities. And I must say though, like I am really jealous. I'm very jealous that, because I think, I think he's been to like, He's been, he's toured like the metamate like um, family farms, mm-hmm. so he's seen like the Cadiz method and he's seen the Pajarito method. And I'm just really jealous of all these people. Like I know um Rick from GoYourBamate.com has also kind of toured a lot and like seen all of these different companies and how they produce their mate. And I would love to do that. I I do kind of regret like not making that happen. I've been down to South America, you know, a couple of times and it's 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 hard to um to get out to these places you really do basically have to devote a, a, an entire trip to visiting if you want to go see mate <laughs> um production because if if there's a kind of a, a big city you can pretty much count that the mate is produced far from it um at least that's how it is in like in brazil and even to argentina i'm pretty sure like i don't think there's a whole lot of big cities in the misiones region um and if there are they're probably not very close to the where they're growing the mate right i know i know for sure like um in in rio grande do sul um a lot of the mate is grown in um, ilopolis um that's kind of a little town in the middle of nowhere um and there's a there's another city where a, a friend of mine actually he works there um i can't remember what it's called it's like maybe like santa cruz do sul or something it's some brazilian cities all kind of have the same like eight words just in a different order but he he he, he lives in a <laughs> in a little city it's about three four hours from porto alegre or they grow a lot of mate as well. So if, if you do want to, you know, visit 
mate plantations or however you want to call them you really do you pretty much have to dedicate your whole time and say yeah i'm going to go visit these places because that's going to take all your time plan on getting a bus and being on it for seven hours yeah pretty up much. into the mountains <laughs> but i think it'd be worth it i don't know oh yeah i i really want to do that on my next trip down to brazil but mm, i don't know we'll see yeah, I think it'd be really cool just to kind of see, you know, the difference in production between like how Shimahong's produced, how Uruguayan mate's produced, how Argentine mate's produced, how Paraguayan mate's produced. Not even talking about like the industrial versus like the artisanal like methods of producing. So just like even just seeing all the different industrial methods, I think would be super sweet. Yeah, it would be awesome. Uh, yeah, well, <sighs> someday, maybe someday. Unjia. Unjia, King, King Sabi. <laughs> but yeah no i really like pajarito i think it's a it's 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 a, it's maybe a safer um paraguayan herb um to try it's relatively you know easy to find it's not terribly expensive um and i know a lot of people get kind of off put by selecta um a lot of people think that selecta is kind of a little too maybe ashy i've heard that word being used a lot or a little too kind of bitter selecta is, is i think a much more robust paraguayan mate um so I, I think if you if you kind of want to start off, dip your toe into the Paraguayans, I, I think Pajarito is a great first option. Yeah, I would second that. <laughs> <laughs> and definitely use ice water. Um, I, I'm the kind of guy who uses, you know, who drinks Terere with limeade or, you know, whatever. Yeah. That, that's, you know, Brazilian today. That's different. Um, and I've really come to appreciate the different flavors and, uh, or Argentine today with a oh. powdered orange juice. Mmm. Delicious. I, that would just hit the spot. Oh yeah. It, um, it would hit something, <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, definitely. When you drink pajarito, just, just ice cold water. Um, maybe some crushed up mint or whatever. Um, maybe some lemongrass. Maybe some lemongrass. But de- de- definitely try it with just ice water before you start adding shushos or you know medicinal herbs or anything like that. You know, just try to get you know just just see if you like that natural flavor because you know maybe you really like the flavor and you don't want other herbs kind of muddying up the works. You know, you want to taste the the pure mate I, I i i you know i admit i put mint leaves a lot of times in my water i've put lemongrass but you know i really do kind of always fall back on just ice water and shit mate i don't know it's just the just the traditional puritan in me wants to just drink it you know which which is funny because i mean it's it's very traditional to drink mate in paraguay with you know eighty six thousand shushos in your water <laughs> We've we've talked about the 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 rain ditch water right previously on the Paraguay episode like it's super traditional super common super normal like very very good but I don't know just I always just fall back on just kind of the clean ice water and sherba mate just in a, in a guampa in a, in a horn cup with a nice silver straw and I don't know this on a on a really hot summer day it's really hard to beat that oh yeah and if that sherb that you were drinking on that hot summer day just having to be pajarito, I don't think you would be disappointed. Not at all, man. Mm, you not would not all. be disappointed in this <laughs> sherba mate. But um, yeah, no, I think I think that's pretty much it. Um, yeah. We 
<laughs> I don't know where I was going <laughs> with that. singing opera now? Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> okay. Um, but no, uh, that's Pajarito. It's yeah. great. I love it. Um, and I think that's what we've got for, for today. Yep. Would recommend. Would recommend. Sure. Um, and next week, we are going to talk about TBD. I don't. I really don't know, and I'm not ready to commit to anything. So you'll find out. You'll find out next week. Surprise episode! Hooray! But um, thank you so much. Um, this is our tenth episode, um, and we could not have done it without you, the the dear listener who's who's listening to us. Um, if you do listen to us via iTunes, you know, feel free to subscribe. Please leave us a review. Um, it helps us out a lot. Uh, if we get enough, you know, really good reviews, maybe we would get featured um, on the podcast page. Um, and that would be kind of amazing and mind blowing. Um, and if, even if you don't, you know, that's okay too. Um, but feel free to send us your questions at mateguys.com or no, mateguys at gmail.com. Uh, mateguys.com <laughs> is where we post the show notes um, and our episodes. If you don't listen through iTunes, Oh, I think that's it. Yep. That's all, folks.